Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Hello, and welcome to Uy, que horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I am Johnny. I'm Eileen. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I was just listening to Now That's What I Call Music, <gasps> Volume 1. Ooh, Mira. you're taking it back. What year are we talking? Okay, I'm, the year where Together Again, Janet Jackson Oof. came out. That's literally the first song. And I was like, ooh, Oh my okay. God, way starting to start off, it. Starting off real good. We had um, a little bit of uh, Backstreet Boys, As Long As You Love Me. Great. That one song, they made up their minds and they started packing. Got it, got it. Uh, oh my life! Ooh, what is that? Uh, Casey, <laughs> Casey and Jojo. And Jojo. Damn! Oh yeah. my god! They I'm gonna some... say 96, 97, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah it was. It's def- I think 97 <laughs> because I used to listen to "Together Again" by Janet <sighs> Jackson and cry so much because my mom had just died, and so I would always be like, "My mom." <laughs> Ooh, wow! That's yeah. such a beautiful, but like such an up-tempo song. Which is why I loved it because I was like, I don't yeah. want to like be sad. I mean, obviously I'm sad, but oh, like yeah. quiero me gusta que I can dance to this and still be yeah. sad. Just dance and cry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that song is from. Velvet, Velvet Rope, Rope, which you stole from me in high school, which is buried somewhere. Like I lost it in my huge, like multi-disc CD player, and it's probably still buried in that CD yeah. player somewhere. I'm very sorry. Porque, porque <laughs> yo me acuerdo that you were like, okay, I had, I put it in my multi-disc, and then it got stuck, and I couldn't get it out. And I was like, yeah. Johnny, I love that CD, and you were like, sorry, bro. If only I could have told you then, like, Eileen, just wait 20 years, because <laughs> you won't need this anymore. It's <laughs> <No>. all... <laughs> It's all online. Uh, There is something so like vintage. I don't know if that's the right word, but like of having the CD and like the booklet and everything. Like I still have all that shit and like I'm not getting rid of it. I'm not not getting rid of all that. No. Uh, (laughs) Well, great way to start your day. Yeah, right. Fun. Fun times. My morning was good. I woke up early to kind of edit this note taking of this movie that we watched this week because I could talk about this movie forever and include every single detail. so excited to talk about (laughs) this fucking movie, dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) So before before we get into this, so my morning was fine. I edited my notes. I went for a run. It was fine. Before we get into this movie, I just want to give a quick shout out to the real queen of horror, otherwise known as at Lovely Zena on Twitter. That is spelled L-O-V-E-L-Y-Z-E-N-A, not not X. X. Not X. So I follow her on Twitter. She's got this fabulous horror Twitter. And I saw her tweet about this specific movie that we're going to watch today. And she said, like, Mexican horror. It's on Shudder. And I was like, ooh, I had a full idea of what we were going to watch this week. But I completely changed my mind. I was like, this is where we're going. Okay. So uh, check her out at Lovely Xena. She's the co-host of the Be Disgusting pod at 
Be Disgusting Pod, which is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, like oh, the website fun. that I'm obsessed yeah, yeah, with. Yeah. And also, she has a website called realqueenofhorror.com. So check her out. And thank you so much for wow. the idea. Lovely Xena. <laughs> we appreciate this madness. So today, we're going to be talking about the... 1988 slash 89. I'm not quite sure when, but 1987, 88. Porque al final de la oh. película, I, I watched all the credits go, y al final dijo 1987. So oh, perfect. 1987. This movie is called Don't Panic. <laughs> I'm shocked that I've never heard of this movie before, and just like you, I am so fucking excited. Oh my god. To talk about this, so. <laughs> Are we ready to dive in? Should we just get into this? Let me give you a synopsis. Oh, hello. And, Let's, yeah, synopsis. <laughs> a synopsis. Thank you again, IMDb. On his 17th birthday, Michael unwittingly unlocks the evil forces of a Ouija board. I love that. Uh, also, we should succinct. mention this was <laughs> succinct to the point, which I love. We should also mention this is written direct, written and directed by Ruben Galindo Jr., mm-hmm. who I, I saw described as the king of Mexican gore. So strap on, everybody. Strap on. <laughs> All right. So we open with music, which is straight out of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm just going to say from the top, this movie is heavily inspired by A Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about like totally. just the original. I'm talking about like the full series. Yeah, for sure. So we hear this music over our opening credits and we get this young man's voiceover and he tells us, there's a door that takes you to another dimension. Once you step through it, there's no return. I've already crossed it. Okay, I don't know if you had said it to me or not, but I had a brief moment of panic because it was in English. Yo dije... I'm pretty sure Johnny said this was a Mexican horror film. Yeah. Pero no me acuerdo si, si vos dijiste, it's in English or not. In my mind, you, remember. you didn't. And so yeah. I walked in and was like, wait. What the fuck? What? And so I was like, oh, well. And then, like, literally right after in the voiceover, we get it explained. And I was like, okay. And then I saw the names and I was like, okay, Ruben Galindo Jr. Okay, yeah. that sounds pretty Spanish. And then John Michael, no sé Bischoff. qué puta. Bischoff. I was like, that's uh-huh. not really Latino no. sound- sounding. But most of the actors in this movie, most of them are, I believe, are Mexican. All of them are, except for John Michael. Awesome. John Michael is an expat. Trivia at the top. Love the trivia. So, okay, um, continue. So we get our title card, Don't Panic. We get a, sh- a swift shift in music from A Nightmare on Elm Street to this straight-up 80s cheesy synth pop, and I love every second of it. Oh, my God, the music. So <laughs> it's nighttime, and the camera is panning over these cars with teens making out in the cars. There's bottles of booze everywhere. This young man's voiceover continues, and he says... Man, what a weird birthday I'm having. Dad's work, (laughs) it's so ridiculous. Dad's work yanked me out of Beverly Hills High. Uh, Okay. And now me and mom have been shipped down to Mexico City. I mean, Mexico City for the rest of high school? The pits. The pits. (laughs) And I. The pits. (laughs) The pits. This reminded me so much of me in high school. Because every single year, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, was a different 
place. Crazy. And in between my junior and senior year, my parents moved to Mexico City and they were going to take me with them. And I was so pissed. <laughs> but I can't think of a better fucking thing than going to high school in Mexico. Are you kidding me? Mexico City is an incredible city. It's so and it would have been it would have been amazing. Anyway, so we cut to Michael, who is the voiceover, mm -hmm. and he's just got this full curly blonde head of 80s hair, just like a full mullet. It's a mullet. It is oh. the curliest mullet. Now, you tell, oh, is this permed? I couldn't tell. I'm going to say yes. It's because that's how <laughs> curly it is. But yeah. like, oh boy, this curly mullet. And I And couldn't... this is our look. And this is our Luke. Like, he is. <laughs> Like the hair in this movie, it's so like it's eighties. All of the hair, every hair we encounter mm -hmm. is a different form of eighties hair. So we have yeah. the curly mullet, and let's go to see what else we encounter. We're about to get real poofy, everybody. Gorgeous hair, but that mullet. God I don't damn. know about gorgeous hair. Jonathan. I just mean like it's beautiful <laughs> blonde, thick curly hair. And me, a balding man, I'm like, give me your curly, blonde, beautiful hair. Uh, we haven't had this re reminder that every time there is any kind of hair on screen, Johnny's like, like, it's give... gorgeous. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's bad. It's, uh, I mean, it's a terrible hairdo, but beautiful, thick, gorgeous hair. So this dude, Michael, he's saying bye to people at the front door of his house. He clearly just had like a boozy birthday party. My favorite part is the three... 40-year-old oh high school God. slash college Everybody students leaving. Everybody is 40. Everybody's 40. So Michael is like, bye-bye, get out of here. He goes inside his house, and at the top of the stairs, his mother appears, and she's serving herself a full fresh glass of vodka. She is like, a glug, 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 like it is pouring out of that bottle. She is like... never, <laughs> never without her bottle of booze. And this Truly. is clearly an homage to Nancy's mother in A Nightmare on Elm Street, Marge, who is a full alcoholic. Yeah. Like, this is what we're getting here. Oh, Marge, bless her. Another look. <laughs> a look. Uh, Ronnie Blakely, I believe is her name. Bless you. So, drunk mother, drunk ma, that's her name. She's like, is everybody gone? Michael says yes. So the mother heads to bed and Michael's downstairs turning off lights and stuff. And as he starts to go up to bed, he hears a growling noise behind him in the dark. So he's like, what the fuck? He turns around, he goes to inspect, and we get a, what I must say is a pretty effective jump scare. I jumped. I jumped. Yeah. I jumped. So his friend Tony jumps out at him, and we discover that Tony and this group of sneaky teenagers have stayed behind to give Michael his birthday present. This <laughs> sneaky crew is Tony, Robert, Christy, Debbie, Peter, and my favorite... Alexandra, who appears, <laughs> that comes out of the behind reveal. the couch and is like, Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, Michael. I was like, Oh, oh no. my God. And right off the bat, we have to say the look, the unibrow yes. of the century. Like, Uni oh Seha, Mira, Frida ain't got nothing on this lady. Oh. Es que, brother, Una Seha tan. <laughs> Like it is a continuation. I, I, there is yes a single brow. <laughs> it was just one. My notes for her was just she has some brave brows. They they are brave. They are very brave, and she also has a, her lipstick choice oh is God. just this like sparkly, shimmery, like 
pink, but pinky I'm like, purplish. I, it's pinky iridescent. Oh my god! And it's so eighties. Hair and the hair. Okay, welcome the hair to Foo. Very Nancy. Yeah, the hair is Nancy. It is. You know, she's got this it's big curly, big foofy hair. So she comes out from behind her a little hiding spot. Happy birthday. <laughs> I, I'm just going to include this real quick scene of the mom. We we go to the mom upstairs in bed, just because this is so she ridiculous. Is Isabella Rossellini. That's exactly I. She was she was lying down with her little like bob banged haircut. I was like, she looks exactly like Isabella Rossellini. Absolutely right. She's gorgeous, by the way. This mother is gorgeous, Gorge. but she's she's in bed, literally with her huge glass of vodka on her night table, and she lo- <laughs> so she's looking longingly at a picture of her with her husband. At this point, I was like. Is he dead? But no, he's there. Like, that's literally why they're in Mexico City. But then she looks longingly at her bottle of <laughs> vodka. <laughs> oh, my God. She's just trying to go to bed and figure out, like, who do I love more, my ex-husband or my fucking bottle of vodka? It's so... you. Look, you it has to be seen to be believed. So she turns off the lights. She's going to bed. We're back downstairs with our sneaky party teens. And they've done this weird thing where they've blindfolded Michael. And in front of them... They have two candles that they've placed on top of a Ouija board. He blows out the candles, and when he takes off his blindfold and sees the Ouija board, he's clearly upset. Yeah. But everybody else is, like, laughing like it's the funniest fucking thing they've ever seen in their entire... Especially Tony. Ugh. Tony is delivering a performance that I was like... Full 10. Dude. Take a deep breath. Take a breath, Tony. God dang it. So Michael, upset by the Ouija board, he's like, you know what, everybody, you need to leave. I promise to never play with a Ouija board again. So we're like, oh, you've already been doing this. You've been playing with Ouija boards. Okay, we see what's going on. Sure. So Tony's like, chill out, have a drink, or maybe you don't want to because your mommy does it too much. Tony. You gotta relax. Fuck off. You can't, don't be throwing my mom's alcoholism into my face. What a dick. But then Alex is like, wait, guys, stop. <laughs> Let's listen to Michael. Perhaps he's right. But then Michael sees that, you okay. know, he doesn't want. She's British. <laughs> I can't place it. It's just like this light thing. Perhaps she's right. <laughs> I can't. You know what I mean. It's it's ridiculous. I know what it's you just mean. a breathy voice of air. And oh, so, my God. but then Michael's like, okay, I don't want Alex to think I'm a wimp, so he plays. Everybody's sitting down at this table around the Ouija board. Michael and Tony start to play, and Tony is like, Virgil, Virgil, come meet my friends. Show them that you exist. And the Ouija board doesn't do anything, so everybody's like, this is stupid, Tony. It's not working. And he freaks out at them. He screams. Zero to 500. In a moment. He's like, everybody shut up. Everybody wait, wait. And you're just like, oh my God, dude. Calmate. Si, calmate. So Robert, uh, one of the guys there, one of the friends is like. You mean John Travolta in Greece? He fully was like, hey, uh, let me tell you something. Full thumbs up. Everywhere. Oh my God. And he's like, I've got a better idea. Let's ask the Ouija board who is enchanted by Alexandra. Oh, you do. And so again, everybody's laughing and a fucking Tony moves the Ouija board planchette and 
points it at Michael. Then Michael gets real pissed. And he's like, Tony, why don't you tell everybody here who Virgil is? Tell them he's the devil. So, okay, I had a question when this happened. Uh So does this mean that maybe Tony and Michael have been playing with the Ouija beforehand and that Virgil has appeared to them and is the devil? That's my assumption. Yes. Okay. Also, I just want to say, because she's about to come in, Uh alcoholic mom is in bed, and I'm like, I don't care how drunk you are, you'd be able to hear these fucking kids, like, belting. Tony just screamed his ass off over here. I'd be like, mira, salganse de mi casa, ya terminó el party, yo no quiero que tenga, yo quiero acostarme. From the moment they jumped out and scared Michael, they would have been gone. She would have been downstairs. Totally. But she picks this moment to come down. She's like, okay, everybody, get out of here. Before Robert slash John Travolta leaves, he pours some <laughs> booze on the Ouija board. The Bacardi. The Bacardi. Oh, classic. Classic high school. Well, I guess they're in college, whatever. Classic. No, they're in high school. They are, right? Because then it's, but they, they go to the Universidad Continental later. I was very confused. Yes. Because, well, first of all, everyone looks like they're 40. <laughs> so what? how old are they? But he turned 17. Right. So this was his 17th birthday. These are fucking high schoolers. Yo no sé. Y de, y cuando lo, when they show them at, at school, I'm like... Well, I, I think they film... Okay, so later on they film <laughs> at a university, but these are high schoolers. I think they're meant to be. So at the front door, everybody's leaving, and the, drum, the drunk mom turns to Michael, and she's like, I'm so sorry your dad didn't show up. So clearly, like, the dad is in the picture, but he's very busy with work. Right. We then get this quick shot of the little... Ouija board planchette in the booze doing a little dance and then it flies into the wall. So, uh-oh. That bitch is drunk. <laughs> Virgil's drunk. <laughs> All right, it's the next morning and we're at the university slash high school. It's high school. And Michael's running late for class and before he can bike into campus, he's stopped by a security guard who's like, you can't come in without a pass. So Michael shows him a dirty magazine and then boom, 80s dance synth music. The dirty magazine worked. We're on we're on campus. Ridiculous. So as he's sneaking around trying to get into class, he sees Alex. Hey, uh-huh. There's a poster. Oh, yeah. A poster that says Students coming in late are subject to being expelled by the dean. The most intense. Which is another reason why I was like, is this a college? Is this university? Because it's a dean. I mean, I, I'm sorry. You're going to expel me for being late, bro? Can this? I'm sure after like a number of times. Yeah, but you got to you suspend them first. It's detention and then suspension and then expulsion. Like expulsion? Expulsion. Ex- ex- <laughs> expulsion. <laughs> expulsion. Like, no, no puede ser inmediatamente. Like, I've been late to my biology class once and you're going to fucking kick me out of no. high school slash college? Eat a dick. It's basically setting up what happens next, which is as Michael's like sneaking around, he runs into Alex, who also was not let into class. So he's like, how about you come join me for breakfast? Let's get the hell out of here. So she says yes. They sneak off. And then we get this sequence. A montage date of montage. daytime dates. Uh, to set the mood, the music is back to that 80s ridiculousness. They bike off together and the date begins on a bridge overlooking a small lake in a park where Michael buys some balloons. And then they're just like biking through the crowds in this park. And I must say, it's cool to see Mexico City in the 80s. I was like, I yeah. like seeing this. This is fun. They get their pictures taken in sombreros taken by some photographer 
Alex is an idiot and like can't get these balloons out of her face. It's just I have I don't know where and I don't know if I'll be able to find them to maybe post them, <gasps> but I have pictures of me visiting Mexico in that same like riding a horse with a sombrero because he has two fake horses that that they are climbed upon (laughs) and they put these big ass sombreros on their heads and they're like oh taking a fun photo and I'm guaranteeing you I have pictures of that of me being a little kid con un burro que se yo like it's so ridiculous if you could find I'm gonna try and find them oh my gosh then we're posting that shit on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) um we then see them at like the water's edge of this little lake Michael is pelting ducks with bread Alexandra lets the balloons go and fly off and I'm like girl you're gonna kill the whales you stupid ass what the bad hell are for you the do- environment Hello. you dick and Michael's like watching these balloons like I paid for those but cool <laughs> <laughs> well that's fine they go and get ice cream and Michael's watching her eat ice cream like oh, I guess like it's supposed to be sexy god brother ew yo estaba Cagada de la risa. Because she's like shoving strawberry ice cream in her mouth, and he is legit mouth open. boca abierta, <laughs> like looking at her, like, whoa, she's eating fucking ice cream. Like, what? But then they feed each other ice cream, and they're just like smiling, and oh, it's just, you, it's again, so cheesy. it must be seen to be believed. But also, where's my breakfast? Because I was promised breakfast. Where's the fucking breakfast? Yeah, fuck, don't give me ice no, cream I want for breakfast. breakfast. I want eggs and fucking <laughs> bacon. I don't know, bacon <laughs> and some bro chilaquiles. Or some give delicious me some... Mexican breakfast. Hello. Yeah. Oh my god. So Michael finally bikes Alexandra home. She gives him a little smooch, and it seems like these two are an item now. We then cut to Tony's house, which reminds me so much of growing up in Latin America because it is designed like full high schooler college dude marlboro cigarette packs on the wall and like coke cans and the empty booze bottles you drank like i drink so much i was like is this supposed to be art i was like what the fuck is this this is so ugly it's horrible and i've seen it before like the equivalent of when you were in college and you went to some dude's apartment and they had the tops of their cupboards littered with their empty beer bottles exactly so stupid (laughs) so tony is hungover he's barfing his brains out and you know because he's hungover but also spoiler alert maybe because he's Possessed. possessed yeah so who knows a surprisingly furry tony comes out of the he's Bro, furry i was like este brother, puro pelo on Again, his chest 40 man. year old yeah pelo on his yeah. chest fuzzy back <laughs> real fuzzy shoulders and arms i was like oh look at this fuzzy guy fucking teen wolf over <laughs> yeah, here yeah so no shame wear that that love some body hair so he comes out from um from barfing and he's like i'm sorry michael i didn't mean to say that shit about your mom's drinking problem now, did this look like the beginning of a bad gay porn to you? Girl, I literally <laughs> wrote at the end of my notes here, I was ready for the porn, like for the music to come in and for them to start fucking. Like they're on bed, they're in bed together, not in bed, but like I was ready for it. Tell, like... Watch this movie and tell us you don't think this is like a porn about to begin. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! Thick. That set everything. I was like, "This <laughs> is two, this fucking these furry guy to... and then this blonde curly <laughs> mullet. Uh, like, when are they gonna start fucking? Strap oh, on. <laughs> strap on. 
so unfortunately they it's not a porn they just uh they keep talking and so he apologizes for saying the shitty thing about the mom but he also says don't think i forgot about our promise to not talk about the ouija board right but michael is like he changes the subject quickly he tells tony about his quote-unquote breakfast with alex and how he likes her but he doesn't know what to do so tony's like give her a rose (laughs) <laughs> and then it gets real weird because Tony <laughs> throws a shirt on top of a bouquet of roses that he just so what happens to fuck? have there. <laughs> What's going on here? Then he picks out a rose from this shirt covered bouquet and he says, if you really love her, then give this rose to her and tell her <laughs> that is <laughs> tell her that as long as love exists between you two. <laughs> the t- <laughs> It's so stupid. Okay, as long as love exists between you two, the rose will never wither. Which is like, wow, that's a lot of pressure. Okay. Yeah, also, they've known each other for two days, guys. Two days. Who? Okay, okay, let's just keep going. So... (laughs) It's nighttime. Michael's back at home. He's in bed, sweating and having a nightmare. And a fucking bloody hand bursts through his ceiling above his head. And I'm very sorry for describing it like this. But very jizzily drops blood all over Michael's (laughs) face. And I wrote, this movie is giving A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 a run for its money. In terms of like most homoerotic queerest horror movie. I was just like, are we seeing this right now? Dude. I cannot believe this. That hand was horrible. Oh, actually. it was a hideous, hideous, horrible, bloody hand. Yeah, it was this was like, scary, gross. Demon really, hand. And really like flowing blood. Gross. Yeah, yeah. So Michael wakes up from this wet dream. I'm very sorry. And the hand quickly <laughs> the hand quickly retreats. There's no hole in the ceiling. And all of a sudden, Michael seems to like start to have a headache. He grabs his head, he sits up in bed, and his fucking eyes are red. Oh boy. The this is the first of many times red where we eye see... sequences. Now it gave it reminded me of in As Boas Manetas when the little boy would turn into the yes. wolf and he would like dramatically open his eyes to reveal the yellow. And so it was the same thing with this every time the eyes turn red he would like turn dramatically and it (laughs) would be a full (laughs) reveal of the red eyes and where the boy from as boas maneras was adorable this is just like oh dude this is so ridiculous so (laughs) so and when we say red eyes uh it's not like bloodshot it's like the pupil and the iris are red like he's wearing contact lenses basically We then get a quick shot of a dagger slashing through the air, and we see his friend Peter from the top from the sneaky teen birthday party. Right. Peter's face is covered in blood, and he's being stabbed by this dagger. He's screaming. So Michael goes to the bathroom, and he, like, takes some pills, I guess, for his headache. And this is where we get the full reveal of his dino PJs. Oh. My. God, I, I, I mean, first of all, I, I need the, I need the pajamas, but why? Why they? Okay, cause okay, r- again, this is a seventeen-year-old. W- not only is he a seventeen-year-old, he's a seventeen-year-old that looks like a forty-year-old man. Okay, so yes. there's that. Yes, yes. And these pajamas are like blue little jogger type pants, mm-hmm. and then like blue sleeves and. Like a wrang wrangling is that or baseball style? Like a baseball, shirt? yeah, yeah, yeah. Long sleeve, long sleeve. So the sleeves are blue, but the chest is white, and on the chest we just have a 
group of like drawn on dinosaurs, just like a T-Rex, a Brontosaurus, just like an orange one, a blue one, a yellow one. I was like, what the fuck is, is going, going on, on here? <laughs> and he continues to like this appears quite a bit throughout this film, which yeah. honestly just adds to the appeal of just the ridiculousness of this film. I'm going to go ahead and say iconic. These iconic. pajamas are iconic. I'm, I need them. So <laughs> um, everybody needs a pair. Okay, cut to the next day at high school. Michael's looking for Alex in the cafeteria to give her the rose, the foolish rose. You're right. But he sees her being smooched on by this guy, John, who is this big 80s poofy haired jock looking guy. Oh my God, so 80s. Just hair poofing to the ceiling. And so Michael goes off all sad and defeated. We cut to an empty classroom with this sad, tinkly piano music. And I was like, <laughs> I swear to God, if you show me Michael sadly playing the piano, I will give this movie five ooeys. Because <laughs> the camera. <laughs> The camera kind of pans in, and I was like, please let him be playing the piano, sadly. But he's oh, not. Oh, my God. He's not playing the piano. He's just sitting there looking at his rose. So Alex comes in, and she's like, hey, John, the big, poofy 80s jock, he's just my friend. He's just a smartass, and he's jealous of you. And then she says, Michael, I love you. Okay, ma'am, ma'am. This is day three. Ma'am, you need to pump your pink-lipped breaks. Like, girl, go take a breath, wax your eyebrows, and then come back, okay? Because this is madness. Then uh, Michael's all like, oh, okay. They kiss. He hands her the rose. They're in love. We cut to Michael and Alexandra in his bed in Michael's bedroom, and they're like chit-chatting for a brief moment. They stare longingly, longingly into each other's eyes, and then... The slowest kiss on the planet. The approach of the kiss was like, okay, it's just... We are going millimeter by millimeter and just looking longingly into each other's eyes. I was like, with the Holy music on top, like shit. <laughs> so they kiss and then and now they're fucking. They're, but the intro to the fucking this, this sex sequence. So we get a camera pan of the rose in a glass of water, and it's like full and lush. And then the camera pans over to Alex in bed, and then literal drum roll. I'm not lying to you. Literal drum roll as Michael appears like on top of her coming in for the kiss. Oh my God. We get a full sex sequence that my favorite part is seeing Alexandra's like pastel pink nails. Grab that curly <laughs> yes. mullet. She passionately grabbed the mullet. <laughs> when I tell you que yo estaba Dude, like I, <laughs> I wish we could have watched this together. Honestly, I know, because... dude. I oh my know. god, fuck. <laughs> Again, does anybody believe us right now? Like what we're telling you, <laughs> this happens in this movie. You must watch this. Oh, okay. so fucking so crazy. They have sex, and then post sex, Alex is about to tell Michael that this was her first time, but he's like. <laughs> Shush it. Shush Sh your shut mouth. <laughs> and then he hands her the rose and says that as long as, long as there is... <laughs> I can't. 
It's so it's the I cannot believe it. So he says, as long as there's love between us, this rose won't wither. Oh, which is a lot of pressure on this um relationship. On this three day relationship, okay. <laughs> this love won't wither. We cut to later that night, and Michael is in bed in his little dino PJs when his eyes turn red again. Uh. And he has a vision of someone creeping into Debbie's room. Debbie was one of the girls from the top. Not Debbie. Not Debbie with her poofy hair. And she's fully stabbed to death. Bro, they stabbed the shit out of her. I'm going to say something about this. The practical effects in this film is the blood is really good. Agreed. I liked the practical effects. Absolutely. Every time someone gets murdered, it's, you know, there is the level of like 80s cheese to it. Yeah, you can tell it's fake. Of course, but it delivers. Absolutely. Then we see fucking Debbie with the fucking this dagger through her goddamn head. And it's at this point that we realize that that Michael can't really see very well when his eyes are red. <laughs> but this is kind of vague because he does not deliver the blindness well. Here's the thing, every time he was blind, I was dying of laughter cuz he was like I'm going to reach to the point where I need to go and then I'm going to kind of touch the wall around me or kind of maybe bump into something to portray that I am quote unquote blind. Pero llegaste al lugar super bien, muchacho. No. So the idea though is like the poor guy can't see when these like red-eyed visions are happening. Right. So he crashes his way from his bedroom to his bathroom and because he's making so much noise, his drunk ma <laughs> is like, "What the fuck?" She gets up, she gets up to go check on him. In the bathroom, Michael sees that his face and hands are like covered in blood and there's blood coming out of the faucet in the sink. Yeah. Awful. The mother's like pounding on the door like, what's going on? What's going on? The vision disappears and Michael's like, I'm okay. It's fine. Mom, relax, mom. Yeah, take a deep breath. We cut to the next morning. Michael's alarm goes off, which is a radio station in full English in Mexico City. What? Okay. And it's like, hey, little Satan kids. Let's wake up and worship oh, Satan. Get, get your demon asses out of bed because it's, uh, d- my name is fucking Damien Day. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Demon Dave and, and uh, KW Devil 666, <laughs> and it's time for you to get your demon ass up because it's a demon day and the devil is out there. So get your devil ass out there and do the devil day. And you're like, in okay, full demon English. Dave. In yeah. Mexico City. Like, this is... Okay, guys. And then we get right, to the so, TV, and the TV is also in fucking English. Full, and also, so Michael puts on some sunglasses, because I guess his eyes are still red. So he he goes downstairs to have breakfast with his mom, and the TV, in full English, is talking about, like, enormous computers and, like, cutting-edge computer graphics, which you see, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. You know, watch this movie and take a peek. On the, on the TV screen, all of a sudden the TV screen goes to static and then a fucking static face comes out of the screen. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, dude. And that's why I'm saying like it takes from all the nightmares because, you know, that's Nightmare on Elm Street 3. But also the fact of the face coming out of something is like from the first one when the face comes out of the wall. Totally, yeah. yes. So the face says, Michael, I need your help. Christy is going to die tonight. Christy was another girl from the top at the sneaky party. The mom doesn't see the staticky face, but Michael's like, holy shit, and he heads off to school. We cut to a classroom at school, and we get more dramatic poofy hair from a teacher this time who... This 
teacher. Oh my god. They gave her a, a like just her head on the screen and she's like, "We are learning about Shelley and not Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley, like the her I, Mary Shelley's husband I who don't was know. a poet." Okay. And uh uh she's Thank like you for, and for looking for knowing that cuz I was like, "Who?" Th- <laughs> I'm smart. I went to college <laughs> for theater. It was bad. And uh, <laughs> but she's like and all this stuff and I have a beautiful head of 80s hair and blue eyeshadow and oh pink god. lipstick and it's just like Oh god, the look. And also I would fall asleep in 5 seconds in this woman's class cuz she's literally Truly. Like, Shelley wrote about <laughs> roses and things like that everybody. All okay, so poofy hair <laughs> She is suddenly in a trance and she turns to Mi- Michael's in this class and she turns to Michael and in a trance, this teacher says, Christy is next, Michael. Warn her. You must take her out of the city before midnight. Christy happens to be in this class. So Michael looks over at her and she is covered in blood and like bleeding stab wounds and she's laughing. This is nuts. I love this. The the flowing blood that was cool. Just it's pooling at her feet and she's laughing because the thing about Christy at the top of the party is that she was the one that was laughing at everything and like just cackling all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just her like laughing again the way she did at this party and then bleeding profusely out of crazy like her head, the back of her ears, just like streaming blood everywhere. And it's just yeah. It was very effective. Oh, very, very cool scene here. And this is totally homage to Tina in that scene from the high school in A Nightmare on Elm Street where she's in her fucking body bag being dragged around the school. This is that homage. Full. Michael sits up in fright. The vision disappears. And we cut to the cafeteria. So Alexandra comes up to Michael and she says, come over to dinner tonight to meet my parents. Again, everybody pump your fucking rakes. God damn. Michael's like, he's still got his sunglasses on and he's all cagey and he's like, no, I don't want to. So she freaks out at him and she says, you're a filthy animal and she runs off. We then cut to a doctor's office with Michael, his mom and the doc and the doctor's checking him out. And after he checks him out, he's like, go to the waiting room, uh, Michael. I need to talk to your mom. So the doctor tells the mom, Michael is fine, but that he has psychological problems that are causing these hallucinations. And the mom says, there's something you should know. (laughs) Yes. I have a drinking problem. <laughs> what I, I laughed out it's me loud. Too. Me too. Like it oh, was. What do you say if you're the doctor? You're like, like cool. You know, this is something often happens with children with trauma. You know, especially during the childhood. I've got something to tell you. I've no, got a drinking, a drinking problem. <laughs> it's the best. Like, watch this movie just for this delivery. Oh, my so God. So we, we cut back to Michael's house, and Michael's overhearing this conversation that his mom is having with, with the dad. They're very angry at each other. You're not here for your son. Your son is going crazy, and, oh, your money and your business dealings, and be here for him, and yeah. I'm taking care of him. Very traumatic. And Michael overhears this whole thing, so he goes into his bedroom. He's watching TV in his little dino pajamas again, and the phone rings. Okay. Uh huh. You know how I am about sounds. I'm. I have a sensitivity about too much noise. Sure. And he's flipping through the channels, and it's all these different like, and it's a western, and it's a horror movie, and it's uh, the news, and it's whatever, and it's this, and it's that, and then the phone starts to ring, and it's just ringing, and ringing, and ringing, and I was like. 
Oh my God, answer the fucking phone, you asshole. Anytime a phone rings excessively in a film or whatever, it's just, it's always just like anxiety peaking. Crazy. Pick up the goddamn phone. So he does pick up the phone and you hear Alex on the other line like, hello, hello. <laughs> and, uh, but Michael just, he can't deal with her right now because he's freaking out. So he hangs up the phone and he's like, I'm sorry, Alex. And then he just starts to tear apart his bedroom because he thinks he's going crazy. He And he's yelling, I'm not crazy and <sighs> acting absolutely crazy. Crazy. Which and is... Just- Annoying. You're just being annoying. annoying. <laughs> and then the other thing is, it's almost, it's very specific smashing up of the room. He even mm-hmm. like tears a poster in half, but not all the way. So the poster is still up on the wall. Like he doesn't pull it down. It's just yeah. very like, and rip. Like yeah, you might it's as like, well have. Rip the poster. <laughs> Throw, knock over the jar of pencils. Throw your dirty laundry at that poster of the naked woman. It's so oh my weird. God. It's just, oh my God. So he does this for a while. He's about to tear down his curtains when he hears on the news that last night, Debbie was murdered between midnight and 1 a.m., which I was like, this must be important, but no. I guess the murders happen around midnight. Like, that's when Virgil likes to murder people. And also, everybody, it's Debbie White, Peter Fleming, everybody has American whitest names. Whitest names. Yeah. And then the reporter turns and he's like, here we are with Lieutenant Velasco. And I'm like, finally, somebody with oh a gosh. fucking Latino last name. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> On this uh, uh, English-speaking news channel? Get the fuck out of here. In Mexico City. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the reporter's like, Debbie and Peter were murdered last night. It cuts to Lieutenant Velasco, who says the murders must be connected. So Michael's like, what the fuck? He calls Tony. Tony isn't there. And then again, we get a flash of the poofy haired teacher vision from earlier in the film. And again, the teacher tells us, go get Christy out of the city before midnight. Michael looks at the clock. It's 1145 p.m. So he runs off in his dino PJs. We cut to Michael knocking on Christy's front door and fucking John, the asshole poofy John. It's her brother. John is like, what the fuck are you doing here? What do you want with my sister? Get the fuck out of here. So Michael says, I think somebody wants to hurt Christy. John is is all pissed. So he just says, get the fuck out of here. Shuts the door on him. And then Michael's eyes turn red and he gets a vision of Christy being stalked at a hospital where I guess she works as a nurse. Which is nuts. Isn't, wasn't she just in fucking biology, like in an English class, right? I don't understand what the, is this a a high school program? Okay. I don't know. It can't be because she's literally handling, like when we see her as a nurse, like she's touch, like she's picking Test up blood tubes vials, and, and but yeah, no, it's <laughs> ridiculous. So Michael bikes to the hospital. He runs in, and we meet this fabulous. I'm obsessed with her. Oh my god, this fabulous older nurse on duty at the front desk, and she's like, "You cannot go up to see Christy. You know, she's working, whatever." But the fabulous nurse nurse gets a call. So when she's distracted, Michael sneaks into the elevator. However. Nothing gets past Fabulous Nurse. She sees him sneaking off, so she calls security. So Michael gets off the elevator, and, you know, his eyes are red, which, again, this is so vague. He can, like, kind of see, but he kind of can't. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I think he's supposed to not be able to see. Again, it's him not 
acting properly. Yeah, if that's the case, then you're right. He is not doing this very well. Anyway, he goes running off. And meanwhile, Christy has seen her stalker who is like snarling and growling. So she runs off in fright and hides under a desk. And then Michael, who's, you know, still running around like a fool trying to find her, is stopped by a security guard with a walkie-talkie with the longest antenna you've ever seen. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and so also Michael's wearing like, sunglasses indoors. Oh my gosh. At, in, at night. It's midnight. Aviators, full aviators. So uh, Michael says, Christy's in trouble. You need to call the labs. The guard's like, okay, cool. Calm down. He calls the lab. But Christy's too scared to come out from under her hiding spot. So the phone just rings and rings and rings. Another fucking phone ringing. The fabulous old nurse shows up with another security guard. She says, get this guy out of here. She yells at the other guard who's calling the lab to like help get Michael out. So the calling security guard hangs up the phone. And just at that fucking same time, Christy is coming out from her hiding spot. And she picks up the phone, but there's nobody on the other end to help her. So the stalker finds her and stabs her to death. And all the while, Michael can see this stabbing in his, you know, red eye vision. So as the fabulous old nurse and the two security guards are dragging Michael off, we see a another nurse with a cart going by and then a door opens behind her and Christie's stabbed lifeless body comes falling out onto the nurse. Awful. The nurse screams so the guards go check it out and Michael takes this opportunity to book it so he runs off. Get the hell out of there. Please again reason 57 to watch this movie is I skimmed over it but the fabulous nurse's performance is the best thing I've ever seen. It's so good when (laughs) she's like what's going on and the security guard is like I don't know. And she's like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's the best. You must check it out. Um, She's great. So Michael's running off. He stumbles into this empty hospital waiting area and he's followed by this stalker figure in jeans and a blue button down shirt. It's all ripped and bloody and he's carrying a gold kind of handled dagger that he's been using to murder. Which is the dagger we, we've we we've seen in all the murders. Yeah, that's the murder weapon. So Michael flails off in fear being pursued by this figure who turns out to be fucking Tony. It's fucking Tony. And he's all like cut up exorcist slash Freddy style. He's horrible. He sounds like Freddy. Yeah, he looks gross. And demon Tony is like, why are you running? I'm your best friend. Like he's supposed to, he sounds like Freddy Krueger. Like I can't do it, but you know, he's, he's absolutely Freddy. Freddy. So Michael does a full gymnastics flip jump out of a hospital window <laughs> and runs home. Okay. So at home, his mom catches him coming in through the be- the bedroom window and she's like, oh my God, you're trying to kill yourself. So she freaks out and she's holding him. She's like, what's going on? He's saying, mom, no, mom, I'm fine, mom, mom, I'm fine. Mom, mom, I'm fine. Mom, can you? fucking mom I'm fine and then she's like that's it baby don't worry baby what's wrong baby baby don't worry baby I know baby don't worry what's wrong baby baby I was like oh shut up everybody stop but Michael is finally able to like say over his freaking out mom mom the visions I've been having are real and Tony has gone nuts he's killing people so the mom's like I'll be right back I'm gonna call the doctor (laughs) so the doctor arrives and gives 
gives Michael a shot to sedate him. So Michael's dad finally arrives, and he's yeah, what? straight up from New York. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's like, like, what are you talking about, eh? Hey? What are you talking about? You love booze. No, one, no wonder no Michael wonder. has problems. <laughs> no wonder Michael has problems. You you just love booze too much. What's oh happening in this film? So, And they have a full dramatic domestic dispute fight that I was mm-hmm. like, did we need to see them no. have this fight? Not at all. We don't no. need the, the dad in this movie whatsoever. At all. The only thing that happens here that like, I guess this serves a purpose, this fight, is that John, with a full shotgun, this is poofy 80s dude, he sneaks into Michael's bedroom, and since Michael is sedated, he like throws him over his shoulder, and since the parents are fighting, he's able to sneak out through the, like, through the house and throws Michael into his car, and Michael and John go driving off. We cut to John's car the next morning out in some wooded area. John throws Michael out of his car, and he... Okay, I have to point this out. So he says, dying time, wimp, where the emphasis should be dying time, wimp. Right? The line itself is so stupid. So stupid. Dying but time, wimp. Dying, dying time, time, wimp. wimp. <laughs> so he starts to shoot at Michael, but Michael's like, stop shooting me. He tells him, it was Tony who killed your sister, Christy, John. So cut it out. All right, we cut to the mom who is sitting with a detective because earlier in a previous scene, she found Michael's bed empty that morning. And then Lieutenant Velasco shows up and talks to the mom and also in a scene coming up to Alexandra. The idea is he's looking for Michael because Michael's off being crazy somewhere. So Lieutenant right. L- Lieutenant Lieutenant Vela- Velasco is looking for Michael. Michael and John sneak into Tony's house, but Tony's not there because he's, you know, off being a possessed demon they find a (laughs) they find a crucifix jammed into the wall above tony's bed and again another scene that might have been yeah the beginning of a gay porn i mean this would this is where they would have fit another another full sex scene in this film but they do not (laughs) so sadly (laughs) michael at this point takes off his dino pj top and puts some pants over his little jammy bottom, so no more dino outfit, unfortunately. The TV is on again, and that fucking static face appears in the TV, and this time it says, Michael, remember the Ouija board? Virgil is doing the killing. Robert is next. You gotta stop him. Find Virgil, take the dagger, and use it to kill him. I'm Tony, and I need your help. I'm possessed by Virgil. We get it, gang. So so Michael's like, if you're really Tony, prove it. So oh. Static TV Tony makes some roses fly into the air and says, as long as love exists between you two, the rose will never wither. So Michael is... And John then gives him a, another, like a handgun. And is like, let's fucking go. I'm like, how many fucking guns do you have on you, John, you freak? John's got his shotgun, and he I guess he just has another pistola, so he gives it to Michael, and they run off. They sneak into Robert's apartment and find Robert in little tidy whities passed out drunk on the floor. So they carry him out of the apartment and throw him into John's car. But since Robert doesn't have any pants on, Michael says, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the apartment to get him a pair. And so while Robert waits drunkenly in the car, John sees a little tienda nearby. So he goes to the tienda to buy some cigarettes. Just casually with my shotgun. Up in the apartment, Michael's eyes turn red. Uh Uh-oh. So demon... Tony Virgil shows up 
and slashes Robert's throat in the back seat. The blood coming out of his mouth was so gross. It was very gushy. Yeah. Michael can hardly see since his eyes are all wet, all red, but he like manages to stumble outside. It takes forever. Horrible blind acting. Terrible. And meanwhile, John is just nonchalantly sitting in the front seat of his car smoking a cigarette, not even realizing that Robert's in the back seat fully dead fully with his dead. throat slashed. Michael comes out of the apartment. He's screaming at John. He's He tells him, get out of the car and boo! Demon Tony Virgil pops up behind John and says, Do you, Do believe, you believe in, in Satan? <laughs> Do you believe in Satan? Oh, ridiculous. So John jumps out of the car in fear and he's like trying to find the demon. He finds Demon Tony and is fully able to shoot him. Yeah. But then when he's trying to find the demon body, Demon Virgil, Demon Tony Virgil stabs him through the jaw, like underneath his head. So it like goes through the jaw into You can his see it in his, in his mouth. mouth. You Again, know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, in Hot Fuzz. Remember in Hot Fuzz when Timothy Dalton falls over yes! on that Whoa! like steeple? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Again, very cool effect here. Yeah, I was like, that's fucking good, dude. And then you see John pull the dagger out of his Ugh. face, basically. He throws it into the grass, and that stab was enough to kill him, so John dies. Oh, R.I.P., John. So Demon Tony Virgil then gets into the red car, and he's chasing Michael through town. As he's running away, we get this montage where we hear the title <laughs> track, Don't Panic, which is, I mean, the, it's a terrible song, but at the same time, because it's so terrible, it is just... So magically wonderful. Again, we get iconic. Iconic. My favorite part is the don't, don't, don't panic. <laughs> don't, 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 don't panic. Panic. <laughs> don't panic. Oh, man. Like, also, the montage is like we show all his friends that have been murdered. Yeah. And they're like speaking in some sort of devil garble. And no entendí nada. I'm nah. not sure if we were supposed to get it or que putas estaban diciendo, but I did not understand. I did. They were just like, <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. So he's running away and he runs, just runs into Alex's house where Alex's parents are hosting a fancy family dinner with a senator. Sure, just a casual Mexican yeah. senator. So Alex's dad, who has the fucking best mustache. That mustache. God damn. It, it's, like if, it's like if we took her eyebrows and then put them on top of his lip. Yes. It's literally, they're like, this family needs the best facial hair that we can find. Yeah. Give her the brows and we'll give the dad the mustache. The, this fabulous mustache. So the dad, mustache dad is like, Alex, would you get rid of this asshole? But the senator's like, que se queda, let him stay, let him have dinner with us. And the lady who, oh my God. So the senator is like, que se siente a cenar con nosotros. He's, it's like one of the few lines in Spanish we well, get. The only him. line, yeah, basically. Totally. And then the lady, who's either his wife or the translator or somebody, turns around and is like, the senator says you should have him for dinner. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> the way she said it, I literally rewound it three different times to it's hear her amazing. say, the senator says you should have him for dinner. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. 
amazing. It could be beef. Uh, that sounds. <laughs> are you? You're giving me full Kristen Wiig and fucking Maya Rudolph. It could be beef. It's just watch this shit, everybody. Watch this. So he sits, um, he sits down for what should be a really awkward ass dinner, but then his eyes turn red, uh-oh. and we hear that weird growling, snarling. Demon Tony is prowling outside, so Michael just starts to shoot, shoot willy nilly everywhere. Bro, there's a senator here. What are you doing? So everybody's freaking out. They're like ducking for cover. Michael takes Alex with him. They run off and they get into what I'm assuming this is the senator's fancy ass old car. They get in and they drive off. The Monopoly car? That's literally the Monopoly piece that is the car? Like, that's what that (laughs) car looked like. I was like, this old tiny ass car? Come on, guys. Yeah, just driving off in style. So as they're driving off, Michael tells Alex, Tony is possessed. He's trying to kill you. So they drive back to the spot where John, after being stabbed in the fucking face through the dagger, they need to find this dagger. They're able to find it in the grass, but then demon Tony Virgil appears by the fancy ass old Monopoly car. And, and he's starting to transformation look. Transformation is Ugh. full Freddy now. This is, yeah, that and it's is gross. A, it's bad. I mean, bad in a good way. Sure. He looks. He looks like he's decomposing. Yeah. Like the face is a lot more like parched and dry. And, and instead of like a few scratches, it's like full effect. And the mouth. The mouth. Ew. It's full of like gray green gook. Ugh, it's disgusting. I wrote, ew, Tony's mouth. <laughs> Brush your teeth, Tony. Come on, floss, my guy. So. so- <laughs> Michael and Alex run off in fear and they run into what looks like an old factory. But Demon Tony is easily able to find them. He's like keeps appearing everywhere. And then Michael tells Alex, run away, which she does. She agrees to do it. But before <laughs> she runs away, Michael says, Hey Alex, I love you. So But the the <laughs> stark difference between Go! You have to run away! Hey Alex! I love you. (laughs) Guys, it was insane. So they're in love. And then back inside, you know, Michael goes back inside to face this demon. Demon Tony is like throwing a bunch of shit at Michael. He is able to badly injure Michael's leg. So Michael goes off and hides. And while Michael's hiding, he sees like a winch lever thing. I don't know what the hell it is. It says up and down. You just got to like pull this thing. So Michael comes out from his hiding place and he lures Demon Tony to like just the right spot. He pulls the up down lever and he pins Demon Tony under some heavy machinery that comes crashing down on him. Michael grabs the dagger and he's about to stab Demon Tony when Demon Tony speaks to him in Tony's actual voice. Yeah. So he's able to convince idiot Michael that it's him. So Michael, Michael drops. Th- you you idiot. idiot. Dude, hello. So Michael drops the dagger and then Demon Tony says, April, April Fool, sucker. <laughs> What are we doing? What What are we doing? doing? He hoists Michael up in the air with like his demon brain powers, I guess. And at this point, Alex runs back in with Lieutenant Velasco. She's like, I know who to call because he was like, "You, you hear anything about Michael, 
Give me a call, miss, with your eyebrows and your sparkly lips. Yes, that was from an earlier scene, which I grazed over. So she runs in with Velasco, and Michael's like, Alex, grab the knife, stab Tony. So she grabs the, the dagger, she stabs him, and at this point, demon Tony loses his demon brain powers, so Michael comes crashing to the ground. Lieutenant Velasco and Alex check on Michael, and the lieutenant turns to her and says, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> Do I know you, sir? Like, what are you... Sir, you're a policeman. Like, you're a lieutenant. Don't talk to me in that way. (laughs) I'm sorry, baby. Okay, Um, so Michael's dead. Michael dies. And then Alex is crying over his dead body. We quickly see Tony comes to. He's not possessed anymore. He says he's sorry. And then Tony dies. He dies, too. Everybody's dying. So we cut to Michael's funeral. Michael's casket is slowly being lowered into the earth. The mom is there with the dad. They're now like embracing. Sure. She grabs some some dirt, throws it on Michael's grave. And Alex is there too. She's holding her little withered rose that she still has. She drops it onto the casket. But when it hits the casket, it's no longer withered. It's all lush and full. And then we hear the Michael voiceover saying, Like the rose, Alex. As long as we love each other, nothing can take us apart. There will always be an open door between us. She smiles up at the sky. Fiend. That is the end of our movie. A beautiful breeze upon her flowing locks. And then. Her, you mean the flowing locks in frame. between her brows? Yes, her full brows are just <laughs> moving in the Flopping wind. Flopping in the wind. Just. So. Wow. That yeah. is the end of our movie. And we hear, we hear the lovely song, Don't Panic, don't again. Don't Panic. Don't Panic. Don't, don't, don't panic. Uh, so let's get into some trivia. How about it? Oh my God. Yes, please. Why, why don't you go first since I've been talking so much? Yes. Sounds good. So because this is a pretty lighthearted film, I didn't go like super intense on any of my trivia. Sure. On the website, vinegarsyndrome.com, which is the, I guess, like production company that re-released this movie on Blu-ray very recently. They have a little mini synopsis on there, too, where where it says, A bonkers tribute to Nightmare on Elm Street from the reigning king of gory Mexican horror, Ruben Galindo Jr. Don't Panic has gained a long overdue cult fan base in recent years and is guaranteed to leave viewers both awestruck and dumbfounded from its surreal <laughs> opening through its action-packed finale, starring American expat John Michael Bischoff, who also performs the film's memorable theme song, <laughs> and loaded with all the crazy kills you could hope for, Vinegar Syndrome is delighted to present the worldwide Blu-ray debut of Don't Panic, newly restored in 4K from its 35mm original negative and featuring both its English and Spanish language audio tracks. Mm. First of all, this film, the ADR, it's it's all ADR. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what ADR is, so ADR stands for Additional or Automated Dialogue Replacement. And it's basically when, like, when you film shit, and if there's like a noisy background or your mic is fucked or who who knows, basically you go into a studio later on and you re-record and it's basically like dubbed on top of the original audio that you had on the set. Mm-hmm. And this movie is 
it's all that. It's you can yeah. see on their mouths like it looks like it's dubbed, but it's it's not. So I was like, is this in like this couldn't have just been in English. It has to have been some sort of Spanish situation. So yeah. I found out that the Spanish name of this movie was Dimensiones Ocultas, which is what it was called for the Mexican audience because it was its purposes were for the American audience. But then they they released it also for the Mexican audience. This information also I found out uh, on a website called LaCovacha.mx. And it's an article by Alejandro Garcia, and it's called Dimensiones Ocultas Dash Reseña. So, like, re release, I guess? Sure. Dimensiones Ocultas, como se llamó para el mercado nacional, esa película filmada en México, pero que se lanzó en los Estados Unidos, por los que está en inglés y para traerla a nuestro país tuvo que doblarse al español. Okay. So basically they filmed it in English. It is an, an English language Mexican film, mm-hmm. but to release it in Mexico they had to dub it <laughs> in Spanish, which uh-huh. seems crazy to me, but they <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, that is ridiculous. So I tried to find the Spanish dubbed version, and if you go to Vimeo, I'll, we'll post <gasps> this on our description of our episode. If there is a the Spanish version of it on Vimeo, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. But when you see it, it's it's the same stuff. They are speaking in English, but it's dubbed in Spanish. So wow, that I mean, honestly, I kind of want to watch it in Spanish. Absolutely, and see what the fucking difference. So, Ruben Galindo Jr., he's still very popular in TV. He's a director and producer. He's made two other very famous Mexican horror films that are in Spanish. Uh, One of them is Cementerio del Terror, which is the movie that is playing in Tony's apartment when Michael and John go to look for Tony, that movie is like playing on TV and that's right. his movie. So just promoting himself. And also we should totally watch this movie at some point. Oh, it's I believe it's on our list. I think so, yeah. And the other one is Grave Robbers, Ladrones de Tumbas. Great. So both of those are... <laughs> future episodes of Week yeah. Horror. Can't wait. So I looked up some of the actors to see like what's up with this gang. Gabriela Hassel, who was Alejandra Alexandra in the film, she became a very a huge like telenovela actress playing in a famous one called Simplemente Maria, where she also acted Aside, Roberto Palazuelos, who played John. Oh. Roberto Palazuelos became, I think, out of this whole cast, the biggest star of everyone because not only was he in Simplemente Maria, he was in the famous novela Dos Mujeres, Un Camino, which is a Mm -hmm. very popular 80s novela from Mexico. Mm -hmm. He's known for mostly playing villains in these novelas, but he also owns several world-famous hotels Hotels in Tulum, Mexico. Oh. And according to celebritynetworth.com, he's worth $12 million. Damn, dude. Way to work it out for yourself. Exactly. Uh, the other actor that I was like, I was watching the movie in the beginning, the guy Peter, who was the first victim of all of our victims, mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's face looks really familiar to me. And so I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, 
if you've seen the film Like Water for Chocolate. Ooh, it's been a long time, but now I'm going to have to watch it again. He plays Dr. John Brown, who was Tita's gringo husband. Like, remember, like, our, the main gal? No, it's been so fucking long. Also, Like Water for Chocolate is an amazing fucking movie directed by Alfonso Arau, who played El Guapo in The Three Amigos. So, everybody <laughs> watch that movie. I try to find these Mexican films that are specifically made for American audiences and, like, mm-hmm how and why and but there wasn't a lot of information on how things work like that and why specifically film in Mexico because it reminded me of like when we watched Santa Claus Mm -hmm. and having these Mexican actors speak English it was very it's very interesting to me and unfortunately there isn't a lot of full like Except for talking about the Mexican golden era and the Mexican uh, cinematic world and like the f- the film world, there wasn't like specific in- instances of explaining why this is an occurrence. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And lastly, from the website bloodydisgusting.com, mm-hmm. <laughs> written by John Squires, quote, Released today as a part of their Valentine's Day weekend sale, which also includes a 4K Ultra HD release of 1977's Sex World, oh. and slashes the price of 150 classic erotica titles by 50%. The Don't Panic Pajamas are selling for $25 with sizes ranging ranging from extra small to extra, extra large. The design was recreated by Lumerie Santana, who hand drew the art from the old VHS stills. Holy shit. But I have bad news. Uh, they are sold out. Of course they are. God damn <laughs> it. Because you know Re- I went and try and find a pair for both of us. Reissue, re-release. Holy shit. I bet they're on eBay somewhere. I bet you we can find them. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for me. Love that. I love that you... I can't believe I missed that because I check Bloody Disgusting religiously. I have a feeling that someday we will both own a pair of these pajamas. We're going to make it happen. I hope so. Love your trivia. Mine is also pretty light. So let's hop into this. The visual effects of this movie were designed by Screaming Mad George, who is a special effects artist, film director, and former musician from Osaka, Japan, who worked on films such as Predator, (gasps) Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, The Abyss, Spaceballs, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. He was the one who created or worked on that cockroach death scene from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 that's so incredible and memorable. And then... All right, so this is from Wikipedia. I found out a little bit about Evangelina Elizondo, who played our fabulous reception nurse. (laughs) She was born Gloria Evangelina Elizondo Lopez Llera, April 28th, 1929. She was a prolific Mexican actress with an extensive bio, including this movie that I've never seen, the Keanu Reeves starring A Walk in the Clouds from 1995. Directed by Alfonso Arau. Stop. Oh, Uh shit. Hey, tying it together. (laughs) 
All right, so let's just, I'm gonna give you some fun facts about Evangelina. At the age of 21, she won a contest to become the voice of Cinderella <gasps> in the original Spanish language release of the Walt Disney feature film. Whoa, cool. She made over 75 films, mostly comedies and musicals, as she did not like dramatic works. <laughs> you know what, girl? I fucking respect the shit out <laughs> yeah. of that. Uh, this is kind of an escándalo. So at one time, Elizondo was married to engineer José Luis Paganoni, but they separated in 1960. On May 27, 1960, Elizondo, who was participating in the play Treinta Minutos de Amor Ooh. at the Rotunda Theater, which I assume is in Mexico City. She was starring in this play with Ramón Gay. She had gone to dinner with Gay after their performance. The couple was accosted by Paganoni, and during the argument, Gay was shot. <gasps> Elizondo called for an ambulance, and Gay was taken to Ruben Leñero Hospital. He succumbed to his wounds on May 28, 1960. Whoa, drama. Escándalo. Shortly after that event, she recorded her first musical album, La Sensacional Evangelina. Love that. <laughs> wow. If that's not a drag queen name, then I don't oh know. Oh, my God. <laughs> this album was released in 1961, and she has recorded numerous LPs and CDs. Her music spans from children's songs to opera to inspirational songs. She was the first woman to lead an orchestra, which she did for over 12 years. I'm Shut not up. sure... If that's just in Mexico, that might just be in Mexico, the first woman to do that. Or maybe she's just the first woman to do it. I'm not quite sure. But that's fucking dope anyways. What Like this shit that I'm reading, like everything that comes, I'm just like, God damn, lady, you did it all. Way to go. Elizondo also performed in several telenovelas for both Televisa and TV Azteca. She performed as the character Mama Lena, who has become a cultural icon in Mexico. Mama Lena is the personification of traditional values meeting the modern world and the emotions that accompany the clashes that inevitably occur. Okay. She studied various art media, acrylic with Froilan Ojeda, <laughs> murals with Ignacio Aguirre, oils with Jorge Quiroz, and attended the National School of Painting La Esmeralda. As of 2014, she had participated in 64 group art showings and 15 solo exhibitions. Dang, girl. Elizondo attended theology school and graduated with a bachelor's in theology in 1993 from LaSalle University. She has written a book about art, as well as one about philosoph philosophy entitled Pensamiento Abierto, and published numerous articles. Wow. Elizondo died on October 2nd, 2017 in Mexico City. She was 88 years old. A Google Doodle on April 28th, 2019 commemorated Elizondo's 90th birthday anniversary. Birth anniversary. Wow. She was born a day before my Tiliana. Hey. She's a Taurus. Way to go, lady. I mean, this was <laughs> a strong... Look at all this shit she did. And she stole her scene in the hospital. May have been the best. What's going on here? I don't, I don't know. know. Oh. <laughs> the best. All right. You want to answer some questions for me? Let's do it. Eileen, were you scared? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm going to agree. Were you? No, I will say stabbing is particularly frightening, so the stabbing deaths were awful, but no, 
this was not very scary. Yeah. What was your best scare? I guess I'd say that first jump scare of after the growling, like when he's going up to bed and fucking Tony pops out and I literally was like, whoa. So yeah, that one. I, I agree. That's what I said too. Uh, who was your favorite character? It's a toss up mm-hmm. between our front desk nurse, mm-hmm. who was so fucking fabulous. <laughs> And I don't know why, but I fucking love that guy, Bobby, who was just John Travolta in <laughs> Greece. Like, I thought he was so random and funny. So, but I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to our nurse. I think she was, she took that, nice. that role and was like, I'm going to be memorable, baby. And she was. I like your Bobby recognition, though. Um, <laughs> mine is, mine is also a toss up. I was split between Drunk Mom and Alexandra randomly because Drunk Mom, I mean, come on. She come was on. just great. But Classic. if you just consider Alexandra, like, I know that it's like, hello, she's super <laughs> like, eh. But I respect a woman who's like, I'm ready to get down and dirty on the first date. I don't know why. I'm just like, go, she girl. Was, like, yeah, do it. Live your she life. She's ready to fuck. Ready to go. Like, do I, it. I love a woman that just like, she's like, I'm cool with this, and this is what we're doing. Hell yeah. And also, she's the one who, you know, knows to call Lieutenant Velasco at the end. She brings help. Like, she basically, even though everybody dies, she basically saves the day. She's so. our final girl. She's our final girl. She's our final girl. But I'm going to give it to the drunk mom, because... Duh, drunk mom. Hell yeah. What was your best line? There's something you should know. I have a drinking problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just loved that fucking mom being like, oh, he's got trauma? Well, then there's something you should know. I have a drinking problem. (laughs) Problem. Oh, my God. It's so Drunk mom. Drunk mom. Shit. All right. I what mean, about you? Look, that is the only one. I, I'm going <laughs> to say that is the only one. But this movie is full of memorable lines. But since so you said many. that one, I'm going to give it to Lieutenant Velasco at the end saying, I'm sorry, baby, because <laughs> I was so weirded out by that. It was so weird, dude. It was that so weird. That is weird. Weird. Okay, so I'm sorry, baby. What, what was your... <laughs> What was your best death? I'm going to say it was John. I love that knife going through his fucking underneath his neck and through his mouth. I thought that was fucking great. And I would give it to, I mean, this is technically not her death, but I really loved Christy in the classroom, like bleeding profusely. Like I thought that was really cool, but it's technically not her death yeah so i'm gonna give it to john getting stabbed through the through the fucking mouth yeah that's great (laughs) i'm gonna give it to debbie at the top when she's stabbed to death in her bedroom and then in her fucking head yeah Uh, (laughs) just because you know stabbing deaths so horrific i no me gusta did you learn anything about the culture i surely did not no uh How many ooeys are you going to give this movie? Now, reminder that I always do it according to spookiness. Sure. For the most part, every now and then I twist my rules, but I'm going to give this two and a half just because I thought the gore was genuinely pretty solid. Like there was good, that hand coming out of the ceiling was great and like the blood was 
genuinely good blood, I thought. Yeah. And even Tony's weird Freddy face, I was like, you're pretty awful looking. Like, it didn't look poorly made. Everything else was what was poor, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. the acting, the fucking lines, the fucking, like, just the ADR everywhere. Like, I appreciate the 80s-ness of it. Yeah. And I love that there is, like, this very specific kind of slasher movie from Mexico, I think that's really great to have because it's, Mm -hmm. you could put it in with like the Freddy's and the The Jason's and everything. The Jason's, the fucking sleepaway camps, like those cheesy films of something's coming to get you that like point of view of the killer that you see them walking through. I don't know, man. That's all really fun to me, but, Hell yeah. you know, two and a half. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good score. I mean, if I could, I would give this a five, but <laughs> let's be clear, it's a bad film. Like, it's yes. a bad movie. It's cheesy and cheap and everything, but it is such a delight. Like, yeah. it's so, I, I mean, you're just laughing through it from top to bottom. Good gore effects you know, memorable characters. So I reserve a five for like, if it's like a classic or if I'm genuinely moved and really enjoy this or like was afraid. I cannot do that with this movie as much as I want to. So I'm going to give it a three. I think that's a pretty good good. middle point there because just to like give it the credit it deserves because it feels classic and it's just hilarious. Listen, watch this movie, people. It's on Shudder. And on Vimeo. Yes, it's on Shudder. We'll put the Vimeo link in our uh, episode description so you can watch it in Spanish. Honestly, like, I will say I do wish that it had been, like, the opposite of what they did, film it in in English and then dubbed it in Spanish. I would have loved if it was, like, filmed in Spanish and maybe dubbed in English because I would have loved to see it. I totally agree in spanish but i'm it's the option is there in the dub so why not you know what i mean do it what a fun it's so fun it's genuine like if you have a halloween party put that in the tv in the background hell yeah you have to you have to (laughs) it's so fun get drunk watch this movie get high watch this movie oh my god you guys the best Great. Well, here we are. Here we are. Virgil has been released yeah. and we are back. Fuck off, Virgil. Do not play with Ouija boards, you assholes. But like for real, don't play with Ouija boards. Why? Why do people do it? Don't do it. Do don't not do, do it. it. Don't you do idiots. it. Not, Ouija boards not approved by the gang at Uikiror. No, and like we're not even joking. Don't fucking do no, it. No, like honestly, <laughs> get that shit out of my house if you're coming to see me with a Ouija board. No. <laughs> um, well, we appreciate you being here with us again this week. Make sure and follow us on all our social media platforms at Uikiror on Insta and Twitter. You'll find uh, some fun TBT pics of Johnny and I. I've, I've been doing my best at finding ones that oh my gosh. fit with our episodes. Sometimes Sweet it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Uh, follows our lovely network Sonoro Podcast at Sonoro Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram as well. They have awesome content for your ear holes mm-hmm. that is all Latino made and Latino based. So that's really cool. Do it. Drink a glass of water. Say your prayers. I mean, only if you feel like it. <laughs> Don't summon any demons. 
make sure and give your gal or guy or non-binary friend a rose that won't wither. Don't let it wither, but also like let you give your relationship some time to grow. Everybody. Yeah, can you guys <laughs> everybody take anything. a breath? Break. Come on, take a breath. <laughs> take a break, guys. And if yeah. you don't let us shame you into having a waxed eyebrows either. If you're loving your full brow, live your full brow. Rock fantasy. it. Live it. We go to gang approves a full brow. We do. Hey Johnny, I fucking love you. I fucking love you too. See you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.